Frequency is for open-minded thinkers, for observers who are hopelessly curious, for experiencers of the mysterious, and for those who are passionate about perceiving the unknown. I will be sharing with you all my own exceptional experiences and other extraordinary constructs that exist in our reality. Welcome to Access Elysium. What's up and welcome to all of you beautiful souls out there. I'm your host, Amber O'Dell, and this is the Access Elysium podcast. So before we get started in today's crazy episode, um, I just figured I would kind of reach out and see who out there has any fun, mysterious stories that they might want to send to me so that I can start to connect with the people that like to listen to my episodes. Uh, I, I love to learn about other people's experiences and really diving into different dimensions that exist within our own, which is the whole reality of us humans existing together. I want to hear it all. I want to hear the weird stuff. Send me your weird stuff so I can start making episodes about you guys. But let's jump right in to today's topic, which is Ouija boards. So did you know that the Ouija board had to be proven to work at the patent office before its patent was allowed to proceed? <laughs> yes, it did. So coming up on the show today, we're going to dive into the history of the American Ouija board rules from modern day to play as to not be maliciously attacked through this board and other tools of divination. So what the fuck is a Ouija board? Oh, this one. <laughs> I am pretty excited to kind of dive into this because everybody has this stigma around the Ouija board. And as I started researching this, this is a very uh, recent stigma on this topic because it was not like this before there was this whole turning of events. Everybody knows this is how it goes. Everybody knows that Ouija boards are mysterious and oh, you shouldn't use them because um, devil, the devil and demons and bad spirits can get to you through this board. And it's very taboo to be able to use it, especially to anybody in the religious uh, community. It's very anti-Ouija board because they have in their scriptures condemning anybody who wants to communicate with spirits, which mm, I, okay. Why would you condemn trying to communicate with spirits? Because this is a godly thing? I don't know. I find that odd that you would not want to communicate with your loved ones, even though they've passed or what are the spirits that they are talking about? I find it funny that the Ouija board is very much just connected to spirits or ghosts of dead humans or demons or, you know, bad spirits. That's pretty much who they think is the only two options <laughs> that the Ouija board can communicate with. I hate to bust all of your little bubbles, but there are so many things that you can communicate with that those are not your only options. But just to kind of get into what the Ouija board is, it is known as a spirit board or a talking board also. Um, it's a flat board marked with letters of the alphabet and numbers zero to nine and the words yes and no, and occasionally hello and goodbye, along with various symbols and graphics. It uses a planchet, which is a small heart-shaped piece of wood or plastic as a movable indicator to spell out messages during a seance. Participants place their fingers on the planchet and move it about the board to spell out words. Ouija is actually a trademark of Hasbro, but it is often used as the generic reference to talking boards or spirit boards. 
So spiritualists in the United States believed that the dead were able to contact the living and reportedly used a talking board very similar to the modern Ouija board at their camps in the U.S. state of Ohio in 1886 to enable faster communications with spirits. So following its commercial introduction by a businessman, Elijah Bond, on July 1st, 1890, the Ouija board was regarded as an innocent parlor game unrelated to the occult until American spiritualist Pearl Curran popularized its use in the divining tool during World War One. So it started off as this fun little parlor trick that you could do. There was no... <laughs> evil background to this this experience with the Ouija board or the spirit boards. So paranormal and supernatural beliefs associated with Ouija have been criticized by the scientific community and are characterized as pseudoscience. The action of the board can be most easily explained by unconscious movements of those controlling the pointer and it is more of a psychological phenomenon known as ideometer, ideom, ideometer, ideometer effect. I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> Mainstream Christian denominations, including Catholics, have warned against the use of Ouija boards, holding that they can lead to demonic possessions. And occults, on the other hand, are divided on the issue, with some claiming it can be a tool for positive transformation, and others reiterate the warnings of the many Christians that caution the inexperienced users against it because you could become in contact with evil entities. So I found on the smithsonianmag.com history of the strange and mysterious Ouija board. They had a long explanation of stuff about the Ouija. So this was really fun to, to read. So in February of 1891, the first few advertisements started to appear in papers. Ouija, the wonderful talking board, was released in Pittsburgh, um, at a toy and novelty shop describing a magical device that answered questions about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy. This mysterious talking board was basically what sold in board games you know, shops today. The idea was that two or more people would sit around the board, place their fingers on the planchet, pose a question, and watch dumbfounded as the planchet moved from letter to letter, spelling out the answers seemingly of its own accord. The biggest difference is in the materials. The board is now usually cardboard rather than wood, and the planchet is plastic. So, Originally, when the boards were made, they were made out of wood. Now, the Ouija board had actually been proven to work at the patent office before it was allowed to proceed. And today, even psychologists believe that it may offer a link between the known and the unknown. <laughs> I, I love all this stuff. So it's so much fun to really see how the unknown freaks fucking people out. Out. They always kind of go into this fear mode when they don't know or understand something. As to where I like to go into a curious mode when I don't know or understand something. I mean, yeah, you need your little spidey senses to go out there and pick up on any kind of really malicious or evil intent. Your body, your energy field, your knowing and intuition can pick up on that. But it also can be induced by others creating that. So I feel like the Ouija board has, it's kind of like some haunted houses that are out there. It wasn't really haunted until somebody placed this idea and planted that seed and it started to grow in enough people that it has manifested itself into a haunted house. So the Ouija board, in fact, came straight out of the American 19th century obsession with spiritualism, the belief that the dead are able to communicate with the living. Spiritualism, which had been around for years in Europe, hit America hard in about 1848 with the sudden prominence of the Fox sisters of upstate New York. 
the Fox sisters claimed to receive messages from spirits who tapped on the walls to answer questions and reproduced this act of channeling in parlors across the state. So spiritualism worked for Americans. It was compatible with Christian dogma, meaning one could hold a seance on Saturday night, hey, and have no qualms about going to church the next day. It did not interfere with your religious beliefs. It was an acceptable, even wholesome activity to contact spirits at seances through automatic writing or table turning parties in which participants would place their hands on a small table and watch it begin to shake and rattle while they all declared they weren't moving it. So this was just fun, acceptable acts that you could do because contacting the spirit world was not known as being taboo at this time. So even Mary Todd Lincoln, who is the wife of President Lincoln, conducted seances in the White House after their 11-year-old son died of a fever in 1862. During the Civil War, spiritualism gained major popularity for people who were desperate to connect with loved ones who'd gone away to war and never come home. So the makers of the first talking board asked the board what they should call it. The name Ouija came through the board. And when they asked what that meant, the board replied, good luck which is kind of creepy and awesome all at the same time. I mean, it's a little ominous. <laughs> Here's my name. Uh, good luck, fuckers. <laughs> but communicating with the dead was very common then. It was not seen as bizarre or weird. So in 1886, the Associated Press reported on a new phenomenon taking over the spiritualist camps in Ohio, the talking board. So the article went as far as it was Charles Kennard of Baltimore, Maryland, who acted on this upheaval of activity. In 1890, he pulled together a group of four other investors, including Elijah Bond, a local attorney, and Washington Bowie, a surveyor, to start the Canard Novelty Company to exclusively make and market these new talking boards. None of the men were spiritualists. Nope, they did not really... <laughs> They weren't into that kind of thing, but they were very keen businessmen and they identified a niche that was going to become very, very popular and profitable. So the Kennard talking board lacked a name. So sitting around the table, they asked the board what they should call it. And that's when it came through with its own name. The board named itself, which is amazing. I mean, if you think about it, that's the best way to come forward with this mysterious board. The mystery is already there from the very beginning. So the story of the board's patent request is true. If they couldn't prove that the board worked, they wouldn't get their patent. So the chief patent officer demanded a demonstration. If the board could accurately spell out his name, which was supposed to be unknown, he would allow the patent application to proceed. They all sat down, communed with the spirits, and the planchet faithfully spelled out the patent officer's name. So whether or not it was a mystical spirit or just a lucky guess, I don't know if that's a really a lucky guess, but on February 10th, 1891, a very white-faced and visibly shaken patent officer awarded Bond a patent for his new toy or game. So the board's instant prolonged success showed that it had tapped into a weird place in America's culture. It was marked as both mystical oracle and a family entertainment fun thing to do with an element of otherworldly excitement. So the Ouija board appealed to people from all across different spectrums, ages, professions, religions, education. Everybody was curious about the Ouija board. So in the 1910s and 20s with World War One and, you know, the manic of the prohibition and all kinds of things, people witnessed a surge in Ouija popularity. It was so normal that in May of 1920, Norman Rockwell, do you guys know who Norman Rockwell is? He's that artist who, I, my mom has Norman Rockwell uh, dishes with 
the paintings he's done on them. He depicted a man and a woman using a Ouija board on their knees, communing with and beyond on the cover of the Saturday Evening Post. And it's gone out on all kinds of different art pieces of his. So during the Great Depression, the Fold Company opened new factories to meet demands for the boards. Over five months in 1944, a single New York department store sold 50 thousand of them just one store in five months in 1967 the year after parker brothers bought the game from the fold company two million boards were sold outselling monopoly in 1920, National Wire Services reported that would-be crime solvers were turning to their Ouija boards for clues in the mysterious murder of a New York City gambler, Joseph Burton Ewell, much to the frustration of the police. So I'm sure the police are getting all kinds of fun phone calls <laughs> about uh, pre-internet sleuths using the Ouija board. But the New York Times reported that Chicago woman who was being sent to a psychiatric hospital, tried to explain to doctors that she wasn't suffering from mania, but that Ouija spirits had told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying her in the backyard. Um, okay, so uh, for me, I know that spirits and very odd things definitely happen in the world, but I don't know if you can blame it on a Ouija board. How very convenient. In 1930, newspaper readers thrilled by two accounts of two women in Buffalo, New York, who murdered another woman supposedly on the encouragement of the Ouija board messages. And in 1941, a 23-year-old gas station attendant from New Jersey told the New York Times that he joined the army because the Ouija board told him to. Ouija is telling these people to do all kinds of crazy things. Now, if you think about it, what actually, you know what, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait till we get deeper into the psychological aspects of the Ouija board. So Ouija boards even offered literary inspiration. In 1916, Mrs. Pearl Curan, Curan, eh, made headlines when she began writing poems and stories that she claimed were dictated via the Ouija board and by the spirit of a 17th century English woman called Patience Worth. The following year, her friend, Emily Grant Hutchings claimed that her book, Jap Heron, was communicated via Ouija board by the late Samuel Clemens, better known as Mark Twain. Now, Curran earned significant success and Hutchings less, but neither of them achieved the heights that the Pulitzer Prize winner poet James Merrill did. In 1892, his epic Ouija-inspired and dictated poem, The Changing Light of Sanover, won the National Book Critics Circle Award. So lots of people getting inspired by the Ouija board. And why not? You know, I feel like the Ouija board just gets in touch with the unconscious. Like it can tap into all these different layers and it's going to bring forward your thoughts and your the energy that you're kind of reaching for, it's going to bring it to the light for you. So is this thing evil? Is it just a tool? My, okay, so in my eyes, everything that is a tool can be used for whatever your intentions are for. If you want to use a tool for good, it will be a good tool. If you want to use a tool for bad, it will be a bad tool. Now, that doesn't mean that bad things can't happen from a tool that's supposed to be used for good. I mean, knives don't try to kill people, but sometimes they do. It's all in the hands and of the person's perspective that's using them is my interpretation. But in 1973, however, the exorcist scared the shit and the pants off of people in theaters. And it was supposedly based on a true story and the implication that a 12-year-old Reagan was possessed by a demon after playing with a Ouija board by herself changed how people saw the board. So before the exorcist film and TV depictions of the Ouija board were usually 
fun and joking and hokey and silly. I mean, I Love Lucy had an episode featured in 1951 in which Lucy and Ethel hosted a seance using the Ouija board in a very fun in playful way but for the last 10 years afterwards it was not a joke anymore uh the exorcist literally changed the fabric of pop culture when it comes to ouija boards so the turning point for ouija boards to go bad and evil was absolutely marked by the movie The Exorcist. Almost overnight, Ouija became a tool of the devil, and for that reason, a tool for horror writers and movie makers, and it began popping up in scary movies everywhere, usually opening the door to evil spirits and hell-bent on ripping apart co-ed chicks who were doing it in their sororities. (laughs) Outside of the theaters in the following years, people saw that Ouija boards were denounced by religious groups as Satan's preferred method of communication. And in 2001, an alum, oh my God, I'm going to butcher this one, Alamar, Almagardo, New Mexico, it was being burned on bonfires alongside with copies of Harry Potter and Disney's Snow White. What the fuck? How, (laughs) how are these three things put together by Christians as being, (laughs) pieces of demonic I okay I just (laughs) oh my god so even like on catholic.com it called for Ouija boards to be completely destroyed and are far from harmless and declared that demons can reach us through the board okay I'm not saying that demons are not out there and that there aren't evil entities that are trying to get to us No, no, they are very, they're very real and they are out there. But I'm not going to go ahead and say that this is the way for them to get to us. Uh, If they can get to us through this very simple board game, let's be realistic here. They can get to us through anything. So Parker Brothers And later Hasbro, after they acquired Parker Brothers in 1991, still sold hundreds of thousands of boards. But the reason that people were buying them now had changed. They wanted to be spooked out and, and, you know, use it in a spiritual, edgy way of, you know, poking at danger instead of it just being this lighthearted, fun board. So Ouija boards are not, scientists say, powered by spirits or even demons. Ouija boards work on a principle known to those studying the mind for more than 160 years as ideometer I don't know if I'm saying this right ideometer effect in 1852 physician and psychologist William Benjamin Carpenter published a report for the Royal Institute of Great Britain examining these automatic muscular movements that take place without the conscious will of the individual it can generate a very strong impression that the movement is being caused by some outside agency but it's not the thing about all these mechanisms we're talking about like dowsing rods, Ouija boards, pendulums, small tables, they're all devices whereby a quite small muscular movement can cause a very large effect. So with Ouija boards, it's usually a group of people and everyone has a slight influence. Not only does the individual give up some conscious control to participate, but also in a group, not one person can take credit for the planchet's movements, making it seem like the answers must be coming from an otherworldly source. Maybe that's why they say that you need two people to play. I don't know. We're going to get into that. So researchers at the University of British Columbia's Visual Cognitive Lab think that the board may be a good way to examine how the mind processes information on various levels, conscious, unconscious, subconscious, preconscious, and zombie mind are all terms that have been or currently used to describe this. Wait, zombie mind? (laughs) I might need to look into zombie mind. So... 
I don't know, looking more and more into the history of the Ouija board, the exact origin is completely unknown. So objects similar to the Ouija board date as far back as 551 BC to ancient China, where spirit boards were commonplace items that were used to communicate with the dead. It is claimed that Pythagoras used talking boards to enhance his studies and unearth revelations from the unseen world. So I guess before I get into more history of before the American Ouija board came about, I found on Nerdist.com slash history behind the Ouija board that they had some fun stories to tell about. So there were people from certain religious and spiritual backgrounds who saw the board as a form of divination, which it, which that means just seeking information from spiritual forces, which their beliefs condemn. So it fell under the umbrella term of witchcraft, which they associated with ungodly deeds. I still struggle with things that say that there's ungodly or against God. So if God is this all-knowing, all-encompassing being that created everything, isn't everything created under God and given an existence and permission to exist from God? So why would witchcraft or any kind of spiritual forces be an ungodly deed. I don't know. That's where I struggle sometimes. But so despite dark stories involving the Ouija board, many people did not see it as an inherent void of evil. There was just the crazy people that wanted to blame it on the Ouija board. In fact, 40 years after Fold's death, Ouija boards outsold Monopoly games. I mean, it didn't help that the Exorcist's release came at a very uneasy time in America. So people are still freaked out about the Manson cult murders of the late 1960s and the rise of serial killing sprees by culprits like the Zodiac and the Alphabet Killers who seem to have this ritualistic pattern in their murders. Very similar to... I don't know, blaming it on spiritual forces that were moving them to do so. There was also the beginnings of modern Satanism through Anton LaVey, who wrote the Satanic Bible and founded the Church of Satan in 1966. So people like John Todd and David Hansen began to plant ideas that evil witchy cults run the world. Mm, I mean, I, yeah. I have a feeling that evil witchy cults do run the world, so I don't know how much of that is not truthful, but so a film with spiritual possession and green vomit spewing all over the place absolutely played further into those fears. But The Exorcist isn't the first film depiction of the Ouija board as a gateway to possession. The Uninvited in 1944 features siblings who host a seance to find out the truth behind a death in the home. It apparently didn't have the same kind of freak fest as the exorcist but it so you would think that if it would have been a box office hit maybe the ouija board would have turned evil in 1944 instead of in 1973 with the exorcist but suddenly the ouija board became an evil and demonic tool and americans became more consumed by the satanic panic and in the 1980s after a group of californian kids told their community that their school was a location for rape prostitution and satanic activities these unproven allegations led to waves of more fear by the american public blaming it on the ouija board jesus these kids did what Sounds awful. Maybe I need to, I don't know, I'll look into that one a little more. So anything that could even be remotely associated with evil or the occult like the Ouija board and Dungeons and Dragons and certain types of music became evil. Isn't this funny? Okay, I am a huge Stranger Things fan and it just depicts in that movie the same kind of concept we're talking about here. If you replace Dungeons and Dragons with the Ouija board, it's the same 
thing. It's a board game for entertainment where you are in an imaginative state and unconscious ideas are coming through. Now, Dungeons and Dragons is a little more um, well thought out with its flow of you know, what's going to happen next versus the Ouija board, where it's just pretty much all open for your own perception. But it's the same concept. Replace those two and you're going to see what's going on here. It became even more interesting to rebellious youths who would then use them in secret for possible thrills and scares. So Ouija boards remain in our current public consciousness as stories about demonic possession and it continues to thrive in that state of existence uh, today. So in November of 2014, 35 Bolivian students were hospitalized because of trances, sweating, and rapid heartbeats after playing with a Ouija board. Um, if these are the <laughs> side effects of just getting spooked as a kid, I mean, what, isn't that what the side effects of fear is? I, who is hospitalizing these kids? <laughs> But in fact, the general attitude among people who identify as occultists and or witches is that a person who uses a Ouija board should be cautious, respectful, and use common sense. This is a sentiment in the board's official description. Handle the Ouija board with respect and it won't disappoint you. Some believe it can be a source of connection and enlightenment, but can perhaps become dangerous with the wrong intention. Some people do use it to connect with their ancestors or find answers from the other side. It's very subjective depending on your own beliefs about the spirit world, the afterlife, demons and angels, ghosts, and just... It is all in the eyes of the beholder. So I found that on the Ouija board, it does state it is for two or more players and it's for ages eight to adults. Why the fuck would they make a board to contact demons for eight-year-olds? <laughs> I mean, oh, so... Obviously, it was not intended when it first came popular as something to reach demonic possession for, I don't know, third graders. <laughs> but it's it's evolved into this craziness. And I feel like it has become that craziness because of the way the stigma has stuck to the wall. So I found on the cult of the weird.com, they talk about Ouija board rules. And I've kind of combined a few of these with more that I found on the internet. But here are the rules to play the Ouija board. So spirit communication devices were obviously once considered just harmless tools of spiritualism used during seances, usually in dark rooms. And the services of mediums were particularly sought after during times of great mourning, like the years following Civil War and World War One. And the general public didn't begin to fear these kinds of things until the 1950s, following the reports of a boy known as Roland Doe, who became possessed by the devil after playing with his aunt's Ouija board. And Roland's story was eventually adapted into the exorcist story, a story about a girl who was possessed by the demon Pazazu. Pazuzu? I don't remember now. After talking to a spirit calling itself Captain Howdy. So William Peter Blatney's novel and the subsequent film were inspired by this bizarre case of demonic possession of Roland Doe. So since then, obviously, significant lore has grown exponentially around the Ouija board. And everybody has their own personal experiences talking to the dead and have dictated a number of things you should and should not do in order to avoid the dangers of the Ouija board. So following these simple rules might help ensure that you don't have, you know, some kind of malevolent entity in your life. So here are the rules of the Ouija board. Never use the Ouija board alone. 
Playing Ouija by yourself leaves you more vulnerable to an evil spirit coming through from the other side. So always make sure you play with one or more friends. This is fucking ridiculous. (laughs) And I know I am a very spiritual person. I have lots of paranormal, unexplainable experiences. But this is a little out of hand. Um... I do most of my spiritual uh, connections and trying to reach into the void of consciousness by myself. There is no reason that you cannot try to venture into the spirit world by yourself. I kind of feel like the reason that they say this is because, again, like we talked about earlier, if there are two people touching this planchet on the board and you begin those movements, one or the other is not really sure that it's one or the other that is moving it and it becomes much more of a magical experience for them. So this is how you can really have the best experience with the Ouija board is with other people because the explainable is much more unexplainable. So never use the board in a graveyard. A graveyard or somewhere where a violent murder took place can be a gateway for a malevolent entity to come through the veil. You don't want to risk opening any channels through which they may make their way in from the other side. It is simply too dangerous and unpredictable. This also is fucking ridiculous to me. I grew up next to a cemetery. I hung out in cemeteries all the time as a kid. I absolutely feel that most cemeteries have much better vibes than all the alive people walking around. It has always been a place of calm and a place to collect your thoughts. It's not a place of evil spirits roaming around and malevolent entities waiting to pounce on you. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. There's still individuals that are very, um, I don't want to say evil, but very negative individuals that can be buried in cemeteries and they might kind of give off a bad, bad vibe. But a cemetery is not like off limits to have spiritual connections. Ridiculous. Next. Okay. Never burn the Ouija board. After a particularly harrowing session, users are often compelled to destroy a board as thoroughly as possible in hopes of closing the portals they opened. So to accomplish this, they will often try to burn the board, a method experienced users do not recommend. A Ouija board is said to scream if you try to burn it. And the common belief is that anyone who hears it will have 36 hours to live. Burning a Ouija board doesn't work anyway, according to stories, as it always seems to end up back in its owner's home intact. The proper way to dispose of a Ouija board is to break it into seven pieces, sprinkle it with holy water and bury it or store it somewhere away from the users and leave it alone. Make sure that the planchet is stored in a separate location. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I do feel like there are certain situations where entities can, entities, energies, beings that we don't understand that uh, exist on a different frequency can attach themselves to certain objects. And burning those objects are not always going to get rid of the entity. That's kind of just its steering wheel or the handlebar for it. Um, It might just be able to bounce around from the next thing to the next thing if you get rid of the encapsulated thing. that it's holding on to. So I didn't know about this whole breaking into seven pieces and sprinkling it with holy water. Who has holy water? Like, can you just, okay, can you just go to a church and be like, bruh, I'm gonna need (laughs) some holy water for reasons I do not need to tell you about. I wonder if they just hand out holy water. Can you go to a church? It has to be like a Catholic church, right? And just be like, can I get some, can I get some holy water? I don't know if they, do they sell holy water anywhere or do it, can they just, do they just give it out? Like you don't want to profit off of it. Churches don't want to profit off of it, do they? 
I don't know. I'm just being a dick now. But or so just store it away from the user and leave it alone. So just move it to somebody else's house. Fuck them. They can hold on to this shit. <laughs> I don't want to mess with it anymore. Let's give it to somebody else. Let's pass it around. I don't know. But next one is never leave the planchet on the board. The planchet acts as a window through the veil to the other side, and being careless with it can lead to problems. Leaving the planchet on the board allows things to escape into our world and leaves the door to the paranormal fully open. Situations like those can turn out to be extremely unpredictable and dangerous. If someone needs to step away for a short time, make sure one person keeps their hands on the planchet. This will keep the connection and energy of the session intact and protected. Okay. I don't know. So I do know that a lot of times when you are making a connection to any kind of energy, uh, wisdom, knowledge, beings, there is this, there is a connection. There is a way for them to reach in and to reach out. Um, I don't know if leaving the planchet on the board has anything to do with it. Alignments of connection. So I do know that if you are in close proximity of something, keeping that connection by touch does work in certain situations. And so when you are not touching it, though, how does it keep the connection through the board and not just the person? I don't know. I mean, this is all very fascinating and interesting. So let's go to the next one. Do not use a Ouija board in your home. You should never use a Ouija board inside of your own home. You should always try to find a neutral location that has clean and positive energy. Using a spirit board inside someone's home puts the individual and everyone who lives there in possible danger. As mentioned before, it can be very hard to determine for sure what kind of entity you are connecting with. If it happens to be a malicious being or negative and dark energy, it can easily spread and attach itself to the home. Evil spirits like to attach themselves and anchor to specific locations. Homes of the living are especially enticing to them, making it difficult to get rid of them. So don't play in your own house. <laughs> Why? Where you? Okay. So you can put yourself and the people in your house in danger if you want to communicate with spirits. I don't think so. Um, I communicate with spirits wherever I want, whenever I want. I don't know that you should not do that in your home because why not? I don't know. I know some people are probably freaking out about what the way I'm judging the Ouija board, but yeah, you should always have positive energies and intentions going into anything. If you are in a house that's like scary because it has really bad energy, bad mojo, bad people, murders have happened there, traumatic things have happened with there. Yeah, no, don't do that there. You are you are asking to invite some shit to come through if you're putting yourself in that position. So I guess if that is how your house is, don't don't do that in your house. Yeah, no. But if your house is not a jacked up place to be, you are going to be okay as long as you're going into things with good intentions. Whether you're trying to communicate with spirits with some board named Ouija or your own mind or a picture of grandma or uh, you know, somebody's piece of jewelry that you used to love, these are all just tools. Okay, they you are the one setting the intentions of how things can communicate with you and contact you. And so things can attach themselves to certain items. I'm not saying they can't. But evil spirits, um, I don't know that they can just get to you by you playing a game. Let's just say it's not a game. Let's just say by you trying to communicate with the world of the energy that we come from. I don't see how it's just evil spirits just sitting there waiting to pounce at any moment for anybody who is trying to reach through the veil and understand this universe beyond the third dimension. I don't feel like that's how this works. Now, if you are asking 
for bad intentions and you are asking for evil things. It's really in the questions that you are asking. So yeah, I think bad things can happen when your intentions are not set correctly. So next thing is think of good questions to ask the Ouija board. Regardless of what type of entity you have or are planning to make contact with, it is important to always be mindful of what you are asking. Do not ask questions that you do not want to know the answer to or that are not meant to be known. Asking questions about future deaths or tragedies can bring on negative energy into the session. Here are some questions you should always avoid. When will I or somebody else die? Will I get sick? Am I sick now? Are you an evil spirit? How did you die? Can I talk to a demon? Can you want, do you want to hurt me? Can you possess me? <laughs> um, yeah, some of these, don't fucking ask those questions. I mean, can, will I get sick? Am I sick? I don't know why that's a question you shouldn't ask. Uh, fuck, why not? If the world is a healing entity in itself, if you're asking for healing properties and you want to know if you should be doing that, I don't know why it's a bad thing to ask if you're sick or if you might get sick. I don't see why that's, I don't know. But, and then wanting to know if you, when you're going to die or if somebody else is going to die. Death seems so scary to most people, but guess what? Spoiler alert, we're all going to fucking die. So I don't know why it's evil to want to know sometimes, like maybe get some insight. I mean, I I don't really want to know when I'm going to die. I want it to be a surprise. <laughs> Way more interesting than waiting for it to happen if you know. So I don't know that I would ask that question just because I don't want to know it. But you do probably not want to ask if you can talk to a demon. Nope, asking for it. Or if you can be like, if they can possess you, do not do that because there are things that can possess you. I know this. Um, there are things that are reaching through to try to get to you. And the things that have been reaching through to me have not come through Ouija boards. That's why I'm not afraid of Ouija boards. Now, I guess we'll get to my full outlook on Ouija boards here in a little bit. But they say that sometimes you'll find variations or additions to these rules, such as never ask about God. Why? Why would you? How is that an evil thing? You're not allowed to ask about God. This is ridiculous. You should place a silver coin on the board for protection. Now, silver is a mineral or a, a metal of protection in a lot of different religious aspects and ancient writings and scriptures. So, but never play the Ouija board when you are sick or weak as it may make you vulnerable to possession and never play it if you are an atheist, a doubter, or just think it's a game. But that's stupid too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so judgy today. Don't play it if you're an atheist. So it's, it's a very um, prejudiced game. Or if you're a doubter or you think it's just a game, it is a fucking game, okay? Now, you can make a game more than a game with your intentions. Atheists can do whatever intentions they want. As long as doubters and believers, you should be able to ask about God anytime you want. This is awful um, advice, but saying goodbye is a big thing. Always say goodbye, they say. Closing the board is important as it shuts the door to the other side and prevents lingering spirits from interfering in your life. Thank the spirits and say goodbye. The planchet should move down to the word goodbye on the board. Then you can safely put the board into its box. Saying goodbye immediately and end the session if any of the following things start to happen. Figure eight is drawn on the board. What? The spirit draws the infinity symbol, which is the figure eight. Why is this an evil sign? This is not the infinity sign is not evil at all. It is actually a very enlightening sign, knowing that all the things that we are going through will come to light and we will be able to move on in infinity and become and transform into so many different things and have so many different experiences. Death, it is an illusion. And so the infinity symbol is now evil. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, 
if you if an entity identifies themselves as Zozo. So I don't know who Zozo is. They've mentioned that a few times. Maybe I'll do some research into Zozo. The spirit starts counting down. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> I might be like, nope, I'm out. If the, goodbye. Um, if the spirit starts spelling the alphabet, why is that? Why is that weird? I mean, I guess why is that different from counting down? It's just going through the alphabet. I don't know. It says that these are all evident signs that you have encountered a dangerous entity and should not continue any further. <sighs> Listen, people, use your instincts. Use those gut feelings. If you feel something is not right, then stop playing. Stop trying to communicate. Stop trying to reach into a world that you are looking answers for or from that feel that they are not resonating with you. Use your good judgment here, people. But I don't know. There's so much <laughs> There's so much going on here. I found on dragonoak.com spirit board that there's ways to cleanse and recharge your spirit boards. So before the process of the assembly line production took over, it was very extremely important for the boards to be made of real wood. It was always the belief of the ancients that the wood held certain magical qualities. Absolutely. I am... 100% on this one. Wood holds so much energy and knowledge and information. Um, trees are very special, sacred plants. Uh, they do hold magical qualities. So if your board is made of wood, it is going to possess and be porous to certain situations, much more than some cardboard plastic thing. So it, on this website, they say how to cleanse your spirit board. Well, depending on how you use your spirit board, they recommend a regular cleansing of the board, at least on a quarterly session and preferably every full moon. So they recommend an herbal and sea salt cleansing bath of yourself prior to the cleansing. Fancy. And then prior to drawing a sacred circle of protection with sea salt or cedar branches, smudge your board with sage. So just light the incense and fully bathe both the board and the planchet in the incense smoke. And sage is a really great way to actually cleanse the energy of a location of items. It's going to put those negative ions into the air and it's going to get rid of any kind of negative energy. It is a very great way of ridding anything and cleansing an area or a space to be a new and positive um, e experience. So when in the circle of protection, incense should be lit, light your candles and envision a white light around within your circle. This light is often very intense and nearly blinding. The white candle strengthens the white light, feeding it and making it stronger. And when you feel the white light is complete and all the negative energies are blocked, your cleansing is done. Well, that's sweet. I like that. Those are, that's, that's just good advice but recharging your board so they say on the night of a full moon leave the board and the planchet in the moonlight overnight and the moon influences divination our inner self and contact with the spiritual realm so this is very interesting advice from dragonoak.com well i think next just a little bit about the historical origins for talking boards. Okay, so Ouija is more like a brand name. That's not what talking boards or spirit boards are really called. It's just like the brand name, like uh, Kleenex is for handkerchiefs and like it's the most well-known understanding and the most top seller of spirit and talking boards that there are. But historically, talking boards find their beginnings in the Chinese dynasty, like 5th century AD, and were popularized later in the subsequent Song dynasty. And they called the planchet writing or Fu Qi, and these boards were similarly used to communicate with the deceased. However, it was believed to be a form of necromancy rather than like a telephone to talk to your loved ones who have died. Even African cultures have some kind of tool that they use to communicate with the dead. So they had in African art culture, the 
let me see if I can do this, Yoruba peoples, the divination tray is the central instrument used by the diviner priest in the complex for Yoruba rituals of divination, whose purpose is making decisions and sacrifices and seeking solutions to serious problems with the help of their ancestors and their gods. So the priest would place this powder over the tray and draw on the tray in nine sections, each with a section representing an ancient or a god of wisdom. So what they would do is the large face on the tray represents a messenger from the god, and they would be able to speak to the ancients and their ancestors this way. Very, very similar to a talking board or a spirit board such as Ouija. So for me, I feel that the Ouija board or a talking board of any kind is just a tool of divination that you can use to communicate with another realm, with those that have passed, with other beings, with unknown out there. So this is like, you know, oracle cards and tarot cards and the I Ching and um, crystal gazing and feng shui and all kinds of different methods of divination have been used. So why is it that it's just the Ouija board, spirit board that has been demonized? And it's so obvious that it's from the movie The Exorcist. So my complete understanding and where I go with Ouija boards is I... I understand um, how to protect myself when it comes to the unknown and how to have a sense for things like an intuition or a feeling of the frequency of things that I want to allow myself to get involved with. So if I ever feel like something is not right, I am not going to continue on that path. I have used the Ouija board before when I was a kid. Uh, first time I used it was probably like fifth grade at a sleepover at a friend's house in their basement. And they were trying to talk to their dead grandpa. And it did have this kind of like it was cool and interesting to me because this was the first time somebody introduced it to me because I was already, you know, having experiences on my own. I didn't know that you could use some kind of board to do this. So I was pretty excited about it. But it did have a slightly weird feeling to it um, only because you do need to be cautious of who are you're doing this with. I mean, what are their intentions? I know what my intentions are. That's why for me, it's not weird to want to do this stuff alone and by myself. I'm very aware of my intentions. I know what I want out of a situation, what I'm looking for. I mean, maybe I don't, maybe I'm just opening myself up to have this amazing experience, but I set the parameters for that. I don't know what other people's intentions are that are involved. I don't know if they're bringing in like ill energy or um, I don't know how they're affecting the situation. If they're, you know, taunting it or if they're making fun of it. Like if you're really trying to communicate with the unknown, um, being a dick, it's not going to bring you all the wise loving beings that you know like attracts like if you are going to be a prankster and make fun of or insult things that's kind of what's gonna start to get pulled towards you you know that's what you are going to get yourself involved in so if you're ever going to do any kind of ouija board or spirit board um when i did get older I did buy a board uh, that was not a Ouija board. It's called the Psychic Circle. Now, I've gone into more depth of the story with Nikki and for our VIP members that listen to conversations um, about the story that happened when I used the Psychic Circle when I was in my 20s. But it is a magical message board. And this is what it says like on the front of this board. It says, you and your friends can use this to find the answers to all life's questions and it has like it's a really cool board it's like a circular board and it has lots of symbols and words it has more like zodiac stuff on it um 
But it's just so on here it says open this box and embark upon a journey into yourself and beyond. Inside is all you will need to be thoroughly delighted the next time you and your psychic circle of friends get together for an evening of fun surprises and magical messages. Here is how it works. <laughs> you may address the board alone or with a partner. See, this one clearly states that, yeah, you're fine. You <laughs> can do this by yourself. You know, you don't have to have somebody else to do this. There's no, there's nothing's going to suck you up into this evil dimension if you do it by yourself. Just make sure that if you're going to do something like this, you set your intentions. You make sure you have a positive outlook. You know what you're looking for. You have your questions prepared or you just have a feeling of love that you're pumping out so that way that's what's going to get thrown back to you. What you put out to the universe will come back. Here's another thing how it says how it works. Concentrate on your question, whether spoken aloud or not. Touch your fingertips to the psychic circle magical message indicator and watch it move across the beautifully illustrated game board as if by magic. The indicator will come to rest through the power of your mind and beyond. <laughs> this, okay, I'm going to open up this board here because it had so much cool stuff in it. Like It has interpretations for your answers. It has tricks of the trade, like... It, it really had this book that comes out that is so it, it tells you personality types that are displayed by some of the things that you, it'll land on the board. It's a beautiful board. It's I am not freaked out by this board. I've never felt like anything evil was coming to get me. I also knew that because I created the atmosphere for it and I put my own little bubble of protection around it so that I knew that things were going to penetrate that didn't have a high frequency. So that's my advice. If you're ever going to use any kind of tool to try and communicate, whether it's tarot cards, those are fun, you know, there's all kinds of interesting things and information that comes through. It, what it is, it's a tool to be used. And what is happening is more than likely you're tapping into an information field that we're just not privy to on a regular basis. Uh, we we have so many things going on in our everyday to day lives that this information becomes a part of your subconscious. It becomes a part of just this human consciousness collective that's in another dimension. But you can access that information, and I feel like some of these tools give you a way to access information that is readily available that has all kinds of answers for you. But just being a human in a third dimensional body, it, it kind of makes it hard to tap into that stuff if you are not doing it on a daily basis. It's like any athlete that wants to become pro has to practice that every day. This is the same kind of concept. If you practice the power of your mind every single day, you will get much better at it. You will become more intuitive. You will tap into this dimension, this realm, this field of information that would only maybe be easier for you to do if you had a tool like a spirit board or dowsing rods or a pendulum. Like I don't, I, I know that Ouija does have scary aspects to it and can induce really bad situations because people are putting themselves into those situations because they haven't set their intent and protected themselves. I feel like that can happen with anything. If you go out to a garage sale and you want to go dumpster diving and you find this beautiful Victorian chair that you want to bring home uh, and you realize that this chair has a connection to the spirit world, to the information world, uh, you could use the damn chair as a tool for divination. I mean, it doesn't have, it can be literally anything. If you have a candle that you're just, you love this candle and you're going to use it as your symbol of how you're going to communicate, how you're going to protect yourself. The belief in that candle has the power to do exactly what you believe you want it to do for you. 
the human imagination and the thought processes and the consciousness behind the human experience is so powerful. We give power to material things. We give power to opportunities and experiences to happen or to not happen. We are influencing that ourselves onto these objects. Those objects are a way for us to connect, but we are the ones that are doing our own bidding for that. Now, I cannot say that there are situations that you did not realize you were getting yourself into. I've had very freaky, scary, spiritual situations that I don't feel like I set myself up to be, you know, attacked spiritually or to pull in negative entities, but things still happened. So there is always a possibility that you will be able to put yourself in a situation where not so great things happen. There is evil out there. There is bad energy out there. But just from not playing Ouija board does not guarantee you (laughs) that you're going to never have those situations at hand. I'm so torn on Ouija board. I mean, technically, I don't really want a Ouija board in my house, I do prefer the board that I have because it already is setting itself up to be a positive spirit board versus ones that all these humans have been pumping negativity into psychologically and mentally since the 70s. So what if we are creating this board to invite in evil just because everybody's been pumping that energy into that idea? We should stop doing that. (laughs) The power of our minds is more powerful than we know. Well, I hope that you guys have enjoyed the time that we have spent here together. I feel like I know a little bit more about the history of Ouija boards and why it's so fucking scary to people. And I don't hold any grudges against the Ouija board and the things that happen to it because of the exorcist and the people that get freaked out about it. Everybody has a choice to to try what they want in this universe and if Ouija board's not for you don't fucking do it (laughs) there's so many other ways to get in touch with spiritual experiences and things from beyond so I hope you guys come back to hear more about my crazy stories because I will have more on the next Access Elysium podcast